Okay, so welcome back. In our last episode, we talked about the traditions of Christmas, and I said that in the next episode, I was going to talk about the 12 days of Christmas. Um, I, I don't know that I can get much beyond that. I, I also want to talk about the Feast of Epiphany and some of my favorite Christmas carols and leadership in Christmas, but that, that might have to come in a later episode. Uh, right now, I want to talk about the 12 days of Christmas, so stay tuned. In a world of incompetent bosses, micromanagers, and petty tyrants. One management professor claims that he can help you become the kind of leader that you would want to follow. You are listening to The Leadersmith. Now, here is your host, Darren Gertis. Okay, so as I was researching, I was reading uh, about the traditions of Christmas. Um, we've covered a lot of the Christmas uh, traditions in the past episode, and here we want to talk about the 12 days of Christmas. Now, there's two ways that we can think about the 12 days of Christmas. The 12 days of Christmas are the Feast of Epiphany, and that's one way of looking at it. But there's also a song called the 12 days of Christmas, and you've probably heard it. It sounds like this nonsense childhood you know, gibberish song on the first day of Christmas, my true love gave to me a partridge in a pear tree, right? And they go through um, 12 of this and 11 of that, and they, they run it all the way down. Okay, so it turns out that this was a very meaningful song. So there's history here. And in England, um, from 1558 until 1829, Catholics couldn't practice their faith in England. So there's a reason why they couldn't practice their faith, because when Protestants finally came to power, um, they rooted out Catholics because Catholics had been persecuting Protestants and had been going back and forth for some time. And so when the Protestants finally had power, they recognized that Catholics were a threat. So that's what prompted this. And But so the, when they rooted them out, now Catholics can't practice their faith. And to pass on doctrinal beliefs to their children in a sort of catechism song, they had uh, they made up the song, The Twelve Days of Christmas, so that their children would understand, so they would pass that along. Now, what I'm about to go over comes from uh, a history of the 12 Days of Christmas from a Catholic news agency, and, and particularly it, it comes out of a book called The Handbook of Catholic Sacramentals. Okay, so that's the background, and, and it's interesting because, you know, we talk about my true love gave to me. Well, who's my true love? It's not a boyfriend or girlfriend. It is Christ is your true love, Jesus Christ. And the so the, on the first day of Christmas, my true love gave to me a partridge in a pear tree. Now, that sounds bizarre, but what's a partridge in a pear tree? Well, a partridge, it turns out, is one of the only animals that's willing to, it's a bird, it's willing to sacrifice its life to protect its young. And that was the metaphor, the image, because Christ came to die for us as the final sacrifice for our sin. So that's a good way of understanding that to, for this children's song. And it also masks it just enough that it's hard to say, well, you're teaching Catholic doctrine. Ironically, it's complete Christian doctrine. Uh, Protestants, Catholics, uh, you name any denomination within Christianity, uh, and they're, they're all on board on, on, on many, if not all of these uh, essentials. Until we get to number 12 with the Apostles' Creed, there might be slight differences. Okay, so on the first day of Christmas, my true love gave to me a partridge in a pear tree. And hopefully when you hear that song, you'll never hear it the same way again, because you'll start to see these pieces come together. So what's the second one? The second one is two turtle doves. Well, what are the two turtle doves? 
Two, think of so as we go through this, I want you to think of the numbers. Like what are what are there two of in the Bible? What are there three of in the Bible? What are there four of in the Bible? And it'll start to make some sense. So two are the old are the testaments, the old testament and the new testament. Why turtle doves? I don't exactly know, but you know, think about doves, they brought peace. Um, maybe that had something to do with it. Um so two turtle loves are the Old and New Testament. Number three, three French hens. Again, I have no idea about the hens, but they stood for faith, hope, and love. Okay, which the Apostle Paul uh, enumerated as faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love. Four calling birds. Now, what are there four of in the Bible? Okay, the first thing that would spring to most people's minds are Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. Those are the four Gospels, and Matthew, Mark, and Luke are synoptic, and John's a little different, but those are the first four books in the New Testament. That's the four calling birds. The five golden rings. The five golden rings represent the first five books of the Old Testament. So that's the Pentateuch. Five is penta in, in Latin, Pentateuch. Uh, so five golden rings are Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Okay, this is where God's describing what actually happened to us and gave us the law. Okay, we the man fell into sin and is exiled from the Garden of Eden, and now uh, and Moses brings the law in Exodus and Leviticus uh, so that you know we can try to have a right relationship with God. And ultimately, when you have to do these daily sacrifices, ultimately Christ becomes that final sacrifice. Okay, next six geese a laying. So what are there six of in the Bible? Well, you, it, it's almost a trick question. There's seven days of creation, but there's the first six days of the creation, and then on the seventh, God rested. So six geese a-laying stood for the first six days of creation. Seven swans a-swimming, you might think of creation again because of what I just said, but it's that's not what it is. Seven swans a-swimming represent the sevenfold gifts of the Holy Spirit. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it's to lead, do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. So these are the seven gifts that we're talking about here in this section of the song. Okay, eight maids of milking. We're talking about the eight Beatitudes. Now, what are the Beatitudes? Now, in Matthew 5, 3 through 12, Christ gives a sermon. It's called the Sermon on the Mount. And he talks about, um, you know, blessed are these people or blessed are those people. So here we are, Matthew 5, 3 through 12. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. That's one. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. That's two. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. That's three. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. That's four. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. That's five. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. That's six. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. That's seven. And blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil things against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Okay, so that's the eight 
maids a milking, the Beatitudes. Now, why maids a milking? I think I understand this one. Maids were very lowly. And here, as Christ was enumerating, blessed are the poor, blessed are the meek, blessed are, right? He's talking about those who were lowly. Nine ladies dancing. Nine ladies dancing were for the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Now, that comes directly from Galatians 5, 22 to 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance or patience in some translations, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. So those are the nine ladies dancing, the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Okay, now I'm going to give you a test. Ten lords leaping stand for ten something. What ten comes to your mind immediately when you hear that, uh, knowing what we've just gone through? So it should be pretty obvious Ten are the Ten Commandments. So the Ten Commandments come from Exodus 20, and God spoke all these words, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no God before me. You shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or in the earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold guiltless anyone who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you, nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your male nor female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For six days, remember that six days we were talking about earlier, the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honor your father and mother, so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, or his male or female servant, or his ox, or his donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. So the ten lords of leaping were the ten commandments. What about eleven pipers piping? Eleven pipers piping stood for, now let's think about it like this. When you think of 12, what do you think of? Now, there's two different sets of 12 in the scripture. So the first 12 might have been, um, you know, the, the tribes of Israel. That would make sense. There's another 12. Christ gathered 12 disciples, or he gathered many disciples, but we talked very much about the 12 disciples. But why do we have 11? What happened to one of the disciples? Well, Judas betrayed him and then hung himself. And uh, so now you have 11 faithful disciples. So that's the 11 pipers piping. And it kind of makes sense. The pipers piping are kind of calling, you know, like follow me, that kind of thing. Okay. And then finally you have 12 drummers drumming, and this symbolized the 12 points of belief in the apostles creed. Okay. And that's probably the only place where there's going to be any variance or differentiation from what Protestants would be telling or teaching their children. And it's not a great deal of, uh, of difference either. So here's the Apostles' Creed. It says this, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. 
I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit. This is a trick. The Holy Catholic Church. Protestants aren't going to say that part. The communion of the saints. Protestants aren't big on saints, but they they see saints as every Christian. Uh, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Okay, so other than about two lines in the Apostles' Creed, Protestants agree with almost all of this, but because Catholics couldn't practice their faith openly, they invented this song to lead the next generation to the points of doctrine that they held dear uh, through this song, which sounds like a bunch of nonsense, but you'll never hear the 12 days of Christmas the same way again. Next time you hear it, you'll be thinking through each of these points of doctrine, and that's the point of the song. So in the next episode, I want to talk about the other 12 days of Christmas, and that is the 12 days that are leading from Christmas to Epiphany. Now, Epiphany is when the wise men come and bring presents to Christ, and there's a lot to talk about in leadership relating to those 12 days of Christmas. So I'm going to do that in the next episode. But right now, I just want to say, think about what you see, because you only see what you know. And uh, to, there's a great quote, and this is our, our quotation for contemplation for today by Stephen Covey. He says this, to change ourselves effectively, we first had to change our perceptions. So our perceptions lead to what we think about things and how we act with things. You will never hear the 12 days of Christmas the same way again. In the same way that when you see the FedEx sign and you know to look for the arrow, you'll never see that symbol the same way again. Because it's your perceptions that are dictating how you act or how you think. Okay. Thank you so much for your time. Hey, if you enjoyed this episode, uh, please check out other episodes of The Leader Smith and subscribe. And uh, I, I'm trying to help you become the kind of leader that you would like to follow. And if I miss something in the 12 days of Christmas, please leave that in the comments below. Thank you. Merry Christmas. On the first day of Christmas, my true love sent to me a partridge in a pear tree. On the second day of Christmas, my true love sent to me Two turtle doves and a partridge in a pear tree On the third day of Christmas, my true love sent to me Three French hens, two turtle doves and a partridge in a pear tree On the fourth day of Christmas, my true love sent to me Four calling birds, three French hens, two turtle doves, and a partridge in a pear tree. On the fifth day of Christmas, my true love sent to me five golden rings. Four calling birds, three French hens, two turtle doves, and a partridge in a pear tree. On the sixth day of Christmas, my true love sent to me six geese a laying, five golden Hens, two turtle doves, and a partridge in a pear tree. On the seventh day of Christmas, my true love sent to me seven swans a swimming, six geese a laying, five golden rings, four calling birds, three French hens, two turtle doves, and a partridge in a pear tree. On the eighth day of Christmas, my true love sent to me. 
eight maids a milking, seven swans a swimming, six geese a laying, five golden rings, four calling birds, three French hens, two turtle doves, and a partridge in a pear tree. On the ninth day of Christmas, my true love sent to me nine ladies dancing, eight maids a milking, seven swans a swimming, six geese a laying, five golden rings, four calling birds, three French hens, two turtle doves, and a partridge in a pear tree. On the tenth day of Christmas, my true love sent to me ten lords a leaping, nine ladies dancing, eight maids a milking, seven swans a swimming, six geese a laying, five golden rings, four calling birds, three French hens, two turtle doves, and a partridge in a pear tree. On the eleventh day of Christmas, my true love sent to me eleven pipers piping, ten lords a leaping, nine ladies dancing, eight maids a milking, seven swans a swimming, six geese a laying, five golden rings, four calling birds, three French hens, two turtle doves, and a partridge in a pear tree. On the twelfth day of Christmas, my true love sent to me twelve drummers drumming, eleven pipers piping, ten lords a leaping, nine ladies dancing, eight maids a milking, seven swans a swimming, six geese a laying, five golden rings, four calling birds, three French hens, two turtle doves, and a partridge in a pear tree, and a pie.